Welcome to the Glasses Half Full Talk Show. Let's face it, life can be tough in many ways. Here on the Glasses Half Full, we focus on how life is tough financially. Dealing with these financial realities can be a challenge. Essentially, we have to find ways to do more with less. Less money, that is. The show is focused on helping you discover ways to achieve that goal, even if you don't have a lot of money to work with. We'll be meeting people from many different walks of life. They'll share their stories and expertise. Looking to do more with less and maintain a positive attitude while you're doing it welcome to the glass is half full now let's join richard and his guests in the studio hi i'm richard killen welcome to the glass is half full where we uh, try to impart some uh, very interesting information for people especially people who are trying to get a better bang for their buck shall we say as the, uh, the old the old saying goes Today my guest is Alana Abramsky. I'm going to uh, have to read this, Alana, but welcome. Thank you. Um, she has a very, very interesting story because uh, she was able to save in the space of a little over a year, a little under a year, mm -hmm. uh, $20,000. And um, we're going to ask her to share with us how she did that and, this, and perhaps what motivated her to do it as well. Anyway, like I said, welcome. Thank you. Wow. Saving $20,000. Atlanta in uh, under a year mm -hmm. on a reasonably good but not humongous salary, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's pretty amazing stuff. But before I ask you how you did it, tell me what motivated you. So I'd been living in Toronto for about five years at this point and I was working in the production industry and a lot of live events and I thought I was kind of ready for a change so I decided to go traveling. And I wanted to do this big trip around the world, and that really was my main motivation to save all of this money because I had heard of people who had traveled before and they had to come home early from their trip because they had run out of money. Mm -hmm. And so I had this goal in mind where I was like, I didn't, I didn't want to be one of those people who had to cut their trip short because ran out of funds. Mm -hmm. So I had this, you know, I did some research and I had this idea in mind of where I wanted to go and how much it was going to cost, and that number, that twenty thousand dollars, like that was my end goal. So that really was my motivation it was time for me to get out of Toronto and see the world while I was still young enough to do so and um, and yeah I just hmm. kind of uh, so you had the motivation yeah the desire to travel and yeah. see things on that and you had an actual target yes 20,000 that was the big thing it was the that goal I think everybody has financial goals mine in that mm. particular year was to save the $20,000 so and I didn't have to stress out while I was traveling and you did it I did it yeah um, Many of our viewers, perhaps most of our viewers, uh, since they're tuning into a TV program put on by an insolvency trustee, mm -hmm. may not have a heck of a lot of money. Mm -hmm. okay, so, uh, the thought of creating a budget, you know, and uh, managing their uh, their money the way you had to, they might they might think that's beyond their reach. What would you say to people in that position, or thinking like that? So, it's interesting. We all make money in some kind of way and we all spend money in some kind of way we all have expenses and we all have we all have income coming in and i think what i did basically in creating that budget and understanding where my money was going was a necessity to being successful financially so even if you don't have a lot of if you don't have a lot of income coming in um if you're living paycheck to paycheck, I think it's really important to lay down that foundation so you understand how to allocate your funds properly so you can achieve the financial goals that you want to achieve. So I think that's a really important part. I think everybody needs to sit down at some point and look at what kind of money they have coming in from all sources 
and then also what kind of expenses they have going out. And from there, you can kind of, you know, change change your finances around if you need to move money around because you want to basically focus on your priorities first. So what's the best way to, to create that budget? What mechanical or logistical way would you go about it? Yeah. Or what so did you do? This is, yeah, and this is something that I think everybody should do. It uh, doesn't matter where you are in life. But the first thing I think you need to do is to get real with what you're spending right now. I think it's a really important thing to do. What do you mean by get real? So I always suggest uh, to the clients that I work with to print out the last two to three months of their debit and credit statements. And then go through all of those debit and credit statements and highlight them per category. So let's say you have a RBC MasterCard or something like that. Print out the last two to three months and highlight all of your dining out expenses. And then add up all of those dining out expenses over the last three months and then find an average of what you would be spending in that dining out category. I think that's number one. And you want to do it for every category that you're spending money in. So you want to figure out what kind of fixed expenses do I have first? So those fixed expenses are the expenses mm -hmm. that don't change on, an, on a monthly basis. And you want to figure out what kind of variable expenses you're spending. So these would be you know, those expenses that fluctuate, like our grocery bill. Our grocery bill is never going to be the same every time we go to the, the grocery store, unless, of course, we're buying the exact same thing every single time. So like dining out is that typically... Like a boring diet. I know, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> chicken and rice every week. Um, the chicken, eh? Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> um, so then you want to figure out what your variable expenses are on average. Mm -hmm. So and that's where you're going to figure out, that's where the credit card and debit statements come into play. Right. So you're dealing with facts. Facts. You mm -hmm. want to analyze your real data because I don't think enough people do that. And I think, you, you know, I have a lot of clients myself who every month they have no idea where their money goes. And it's because they don't really understand what they're spending. Yeah, that, that's, I was going to ask you that. When you're doing this with somebody, mm -hmm. with people, families, whatnot, okay, how surprising are those initial results to It's crazy. It's, I've had clients before who, you know, they, they're dealing with a lot of credit card debt. They're dealing with, you know, mm. big lines of credits. And I take them through this activity where I just say, all, all I want you to do is just go take the last three months and figure out your averages in each category. And I have some clients who are spending, you know, ten, eleven thousand dollars a month, mm -hmm. and they're not making that kind of money. And a lot of it is on these items we don't necessarily need, but they're living this lifestyle that they can't really afford. So I think this is step number one, really, is to analyze the real data that you have, um, get real with your numbers, because that is going to make you a lot more aware moving forward of maybe areas you need to cut back on. Maybe there are things in your life that you can do differently to increase cash flow. So that would, I say, that's step number one. Mm -hmm. And you also want to account also for those irregular expenses that we have. So maybe they're not monthly expenses, but something like property tax, if it's not included in your mortgage. Car insurance. Car insurance, if you're paying an mm -hmm. annual uh, fee. Well, you get an annual bill. Yeah, an annual bill, and sometimes people pay it monthly. Yeah. Um, vacation is typically, you know, the summers are usually a lot more expensive for a lot of us because whether we go on to cottages or mm -hmm. hang out with friends or whatever. So you want to incorporate those irregular expenses and be aware that they're coming. So December, for example, is a really expensive month for everybody. And we all know that December is coming. So if we sit down and we get real with our numbers mm -hmm. of, you know, what, what did we spend last year for the holidays? Well, I need to incorporate that into 
my upcoming expenses. Those are regular expenses. So when January hits, we're not all of a sudden freaking out and we're in massive amounts of debt. Like we need to prepare for these expenses in advance. So getting into the specifics and using what you did as, mm -hmm. a, as the template for all of this, how did you manage this? You know, you're talking about groceries, you're talking about the eating in, eating out, your own food preparation, all, yeah. the, food, all the, the money that goes into the just putting something in your stomach kind of thing is, uh, it, it can get complicated, it can get uh, convoluted too mm -hmm. and all that, right? And there's other things like uh, travel, you mentioned travel, yep. right? All kinds, there's uh, the domestic day-to-day uh, -day travel, mm -hmm. there's the, you know, the reason why you did all this in the first place, yeah. that kind of travel. Yeah. Um, how did you do it? How did, how did you break it down for yourself? So the first thing that I did actually was uh, I was, you know, I started reading all of these different blogs about, I kind of had an idea of where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. So I started reading blogs about realistically how much was it going to cost every single day to live in, to travel and live in some of these areas in the way that I wanted to travel. I wasn't an 18 year old backpacker, like I didn't want to stay in hostels all the time. So, mm -hmm. you know, I had to incorporate a couple hotel stays and car rentals and that kind of stuff. So that was step number one was actually figuring out how much I was going to spend on a daily basis daily in some basis. of these places yeah. that I was going to. Mm -hmm. So then I had my number. That's how I came up with the twenty thousand dollars. That's mm -hmm. what I wanted. Like all my flights. Yeah, that was my target. Mm -hmm. That was like all my flights, hotels, food. You know, going out, mm -hmm. tourism. Um, so from there, what I did was I sat down and I went through that exact activity. I looked at exactly what I was spending now. Mm -hmm. So I went through my credit and debit statements. I looked at everything. I got real with my numbers. And then what I did was that I created. A budget for moving forward where I could cut back in certain areas so for me I used I loved dining out I still do but I was spending way too much money in dining out that mm -hmm. I didn't need to be spending because my priorities had shifted so mm -hmm. now my priority was traveling so I cut back in dining out that was a big one I ended up saving about 200 300 bucks a month in dining out mm -hmm. I got rid of my cable bill. I just I stopped. I was like, I don't need cable. I went out and I actually bought um, the old school bunny ears, those mm -hmm. digital analog boxes. And that is like, it's a $15 charge at Best Buy. Cut my $60 cable bill and I could still get, you know, all the big- It's a $15 one-off charge. It's, that's once. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. a one that you plug, you screw it into the back mm -hmm. of your TV and you get your like global and CTV and CBC. And now with Netflix, you can pretty much watch anything that you want, so. You're talking to somebody who grew up with that, okay? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I, I still remember at not, our Not that I want to talk about age here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then um, I I never had a car at the time, but um, I stopped taking public transit as much because, you know, three, three dollars every time you ride, mm -hmm. three twenty-five every time you ride, it really started adding up. So I went out and I invested in a bike. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a nice bike. It was, I bought like a, a bike. I bought a bike and it got me to and from, or I would walk everywhere. Um, the biggest thing that I actually found the greatest impact on was grocery shopping. Yeah. So what I did, and I still do it to this day, but I usually grocery shop on Sundays. And what I do usually when I go to the grocery store, there's typically a 50% off produce mm -hmm. cart that they just usually restock. Make sure you eat it today. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, or just like make sure you prepare it today kind of right. thing. But even still, like it lasts three to four days. It's not the freshest stuff in there, obviously, because they've had to make room for the new fresh stuff coming in. But all of the produce I've ever had there is perfectly fine. Yeah. So on Sundays, I would go out. Um, I would spend about $30 in produce for the week, which was more than enough to last me the mm -hmm. whole week. And I would just Compared go Compared to what had you been spending? 
oh, previous to that, I was probably spending closer to like seventy, eighty dollars. Yeah, yeah, and it depends also where you go grocery shopping. Sure. Like mm-hmm. I like sh- I like shopping at No Frills. I think their produce is good, but mm-hmm. I find Loblaws to be quite expensive. But all of those grocery stores typically have some kind of fifty percent off cart. Mm-hmm. So I started going to that cart, and then I would go home and I would I would grocery I would food prep for the week. Mm-hmm. And that saved me a ton of money. Um, one of the big things I always... So instead of going out and spending money to pay somebody else yeah. to prepare your food, yeah. you were investing in, uh, what do they call it? Uh, investing in myself. Sweat equity. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, and I, I mean, for me, I like cooking. And mm-hmm. I like, you know, I can follow a recipe and I could basically create anything. You're ahead of me that way. So yeah, that. well, I mean, it, it takes time though, right? You have to like, sure. you have to weigh like, you know, time value for money. Mm-hmm. So for me, I liked, my priority was like, I wanted to save this money. So Again. it was okay. Again, you had your target. Yeah, I had my target and there was a nothing. goal in your target. Yeah, there. exactly. Um, so the transportation was a big one. The dining out was a big one. Um, I always say to clients, like, look at how much you're spending at your bank. I think there's a lot of the major financial institutions right now are spending, they're charging way too much money on bank fees. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of no-fee banks out there now. Um, so did you start investigating all these little uh, nooks yeah, and crannies? It, it and, was uh, like everything. I was like, where can I start to save money? I called my telecom companies. Like, I reduced my cell phone bill by about $40 a month. Um, right. Like I said, I got rid of my cable. Same mm-hmm. thing with my internet. I just switched my internet providers, saved myself about $20 a month. And it doesn't seem like a lot at first Mm -hmm. but when you have you know when all of a sudden you're cutting back by like $500 a month then you can put that into you freed up in cash flow to put into your travel fund it added up to what about $1,600 a month or something yeah it was uh yeah yeah it was like it was probably it was I probably cut back yeah I probably cut back around uh I would say a thousand bucks a month and then whatever extra I had and from work I would throw into savings yeah Yeah. it wasn't all savings no but the the biggest thing for me I think was dining out that was like I was going out and it's easy to do in Toronto it's expensive and Mm -hmm. it's so easy there's six restaurants for every eight buildings or you know every eight shops or whatever so so I got a question for you because I know that people are listening to this and um, saying yeah fine it's all well and good uh, but did you think you were depriving yourself of anything during all of this or was your your goal so strong that it, it uh, compensated for any neg- any negative feelings you might have had over these changes? Yeah, no, I didn't I never felt like I was depriving myself. There were times I would say that some friends, you know, had asked me to go out for mm-hmm. drinks or food or whatever and I, you know, I just mm-hmm. said no. Or you said, you buying? Yeah, I said, why don't you guys come over instead and I'll make something here. <laughs> I'd have said, you buying. Yeah, yeah, so I, did, I didn't go that far. But um, mm. I never really felt like I was depriving myself. There were some times in the winter when I was biking to work where I was like, I should just jump on the streetcar. But I was like so motivated to just save that money that mm-hmm. I think that winter actually was a pretty harsh winter. I think I only took the streetcar twice in the whole winter. I was that crazy person That's, that was outside on my bike, like with my parka on. I think I saw you. Riding, riding to work. <laughs> Lana, can you, uh, you explain to me about this mindset and mindful spending? What do you mean by that? So I think now, especially in our day and age, it's really easy to spend money. And, you know, I blame a lot of the credit card companies for that because they created that tap system where people don't even have to think twice about the money that they're spending. And I think that's a huge issue. You know what the big thing about that is? You don't have to remember your PIN. 
Yeah. yeah, like you don't have to remember anything. You right. can go to just remember where your card is. Any store and you know swipe it on this machine and yeah. you've made a transaction. Mm-hmm. So people haven't been mindful of how much money they're spending because it's so easy now to spend money with technology. They've made it so simple. I think now even on your Apple Watch you can, you know, with Apple Pay, mm-hmm. which is like I haven't even tested that one yet. But I think now the biggest problem that a lot of my clients uh, see when they when I work with them is that they just they they don't know where all of their money goes and it's because they're not being mindful of where they're actually spend spending their money they kind of have an idea of how much money they have coming in um, but they have no idea where it goes so I think that first you know when you you know the first step is analyze the data mm-hmm. the second step is to be mindful about spending moving forward just because yeah because yeah. i think once you start to you know think about like is this something that i really need or is this something that i really want and if it is something that i want do i want to get out of debt more than me wanting this thing that i'm about to purchase and mm-hmm. i think that's kind of that mindfulness those you know creating new habits where you think is this a is this so an that's absolute priority mindful spending mindful spending it's and it's hard it takes time but um I do think that when you actually start to track your spending, it just kind of naturally starts occurring because then you start to see where all your money starts going. Mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard you mention that um, you equate spending to a gym membership mm-hmm. and, and uh, you're a personal trainer in mm-hmm. that particular gym membership. Yeah. So. I like to consider myself a, a personal trainer for your finances. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think uh, financial health and um, our everyday health are very similar in a lot of ways. So for me, if I'm not aware of the food I'm putting into my body, I'm not going to feel good. I mean, I have to be mindful to be healthy inside. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes for your wealth. And so what I, when I work when I work with my clients, you know, all of those all of the people that I work with, they need that accountability. They need somebody to talk to to be like, well, maybe instead of doing it the way you have been doing, why don't we try it a different way? In the same way that if you went to a gym and got a personal trainer, they could sit down with you and say, look, you have this. We need to change this and do this. We're going to give you these exercises. Maybe don't eat this food. Maybe right. eat this instead. So when I refer to myself as a personal trainer for your bank account, I do a lot of the same things with clients that I feel like personal trainers do with their clients in the gym. Mm-hmm. It's just looking at what you have and say, look, this hasn't been working for you so far. Maybe we should do this instead. Or you know, maybe try doing this and moving this around. So that's kind of where that One of the things, the important from. things that goes with being a personal trainer in, uh, in a gym context, mm-hmm. in a physical context like that, is the relationship that develops between the trainer and the trainee. Right? Yep. There's got to be a, a, a sympathy and, if you want, a um, uh, trust. Yeah, you know, and the accountability, the, too. People need that accountability partner sometimes because mm-hmm. if there's nobody there, you know, at the end of it being like, hey, did you do this this week? Then a lot of people just won't do it. Do what? Anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're uh, you're a money coach. You help uh, over 300 people? I have so far, yeah. In the last year and a half, I would say, two years. Now, does this, um, when you say 300 people, does this represent a real cross-section of humanity or is it a particular type or age group? Or? No, I have a lot of clients. My clients range in age from, uh, I have some clients who are just getting into, like they just are, you know, finished university and now they've got a lot of student debt. I've got a lot of clients who have very high net worth uh, and they have, you know, a lot of investments and need help. 
um, I have clients who you know have median in incomes and they just don't have any money and they're in debt. So mm -hmm. I my clients range from anywhere I'd say to like 25 years all the way up to 70, 72 years old. That old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, I basically, as a financial coach, what I do with them is, A, the accountability. I look at what they have currently and think about different ways that I can help them. And not, it's not doing very, um, it's not going out and getting new products necessarily. It's looking at what they have now and how can we be... Mod modify. How can we modify what you mm -hmm. have now to, you know, create a really solid foundation, create a really solid budget... Uh, look at your cash flow. So moving forward, we can you know we can help you if, if they struggle with that. We can help you get out of debt. I can help you do that. But we need to first of all educate you mm -hmm. on what you have, how that works, um, and then from there, you know, it's moving forward and it's really coaching them through the process and educating them. I think education. I think the lack of financial education in Canada is it's really creating a huge issue for most people because I have clients who have a lot of credit card debt and they don't understand how their credit card debt is calculated or they don't understand compound interest or they don't understand, you know, why am I, why is my credit card debt not going down if I'm just paying the minimum amount due? Like they don't understand how all of those things are calculated. So as a financial coach, I help to first look at it and then educate them so they can make better decisions moving forward. Mm -hmm. And then it's that accountability to be better moving forward and have those check-in points. Because when they have those that accountability partner, they typically get the work done. Lana, it was uh, great having you on the program. Uh, you have a, a savings guide that uh, is available to people. Mm -hmm. Tell them what it is and how to get it. Yeah, so when I got back from my trip, I created a blog called thebudgetbabes.org. And uh, it basically was, you know, I had a lot of people on my trip who mm. were like, how did you save all that money? So I was mm -hmm. like, I'm going to write a blog about it. So if you go onto that blog, there is a little e-savings book mm -hmm. guide that shows how I saved all of that money That's in great. the year. Um, on top of that, I am the head of financial, the head of financial coach with a company called Enriched Academy, mm -hmm. and we empower Canadians to um, be better with their finances and educate them with their finances. So you can go to uh, enrichedacademy.com to mm -hmm. check out more. Mm -hmm. We've got a 12-course system on uh, what to do with your finances moving forward. That's great. So that's how people can get it in. Yeah. Um, this is the, the book I wrote, mm -hmm. which uh, I think you'll find, if, if you read this, mm -hmm. which I hope you do, yeah. um, you'll find that uh, talk a lot about much of the same things yeah. from a different angle, yeah, mind you. Yeah, definitely. Okay. But uh, for you. Thanks, Richard. And thank you very much thank for being Thank you on. so much. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, thank you. It was. Let me write it for you.